Well, hello, and welcome back to another scary, scary episode of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LaBooth, and I got some creepy, skippy, scary stories for you today, boys and girls. <laughs> All right, man. I've been fighting a little flu thingy. I don't think I got the flu, but my sinuses and stuff. It's gotten cooler down here in Texas. I've been fighting something for two days, so bear with me. I'm going to have to mute some to blow my nose. Sorry if I sound stuffy and I don't sound right, but yeah. It's it's cooler, though. I'm not going to bitch. It's cooler, and I love the weather. It's not 112. All right. Just want to say thank you guys for uh, still subscribing and listening to the show. Numbers are doing great and getting bigger. And wherever you're at around the world listening listening to this, I hope you're safe and sound. I know there's a lot of wars and stuff going on right now, and this ain't a political show. But I just want to say, hey, we're thinking of you here at Ghost Stories. Y'all be safe out there wherever you land. Wherever you are, your homeland is. I hope there ain't no wars or anything over there right now. I hope everybody that's listening to my podcast is safe. And everybody who doesn't listen, I hope they're safe too. Um, so, But anyways, got some good skits. Since uh, Halloween's Monday, I found some of these old uh, Halloween stories that they say are true kind of urban legend stories. So... We're going to dive into them today and uh, see what happens, fellas and ladies. You know the routine, man. Go grab you a nice blanket. Get you some nice, nice tea. And um, poke the fire a little bit and get ready. Because you're going to get scared. <laughs> All right. Let's get her going. What do you say? Our first, our first story is called the Okay. Okay, the first one is called the Architect's Key. There was once a man named Edward who designed and built his own perfect house. He lived in it for many years until he eventually passed away. A new family moved in. But whenever they wanted into the basement where Edward's personal studies had been. <coughs> and too sorry if him, my breathing's kind of off. I've been, like I said, I've been fighting the sickness crap. Uh, da, 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 to the basement where studies had been, they would get the feeling that someone was watching them. One day, the father of the new family decided to fix up an old jacket, which every uh, tailor in town had told him was beyond repair. So he went down to the old study, laid his jacket on a chair, and then tried to see if there was anything in the desk that he could that could help him out to mend it. 
but the drawers were all locked. But the drawers were all locked, and he could not find a key anywhere. The next morning, he came he came back down to find the key on the desk. All the drawers open, and his jacket completely fixed. What the hell? That's some crazy stuff right there, I tell you. I'd probably just poop my pants. All right. Then we get the, the next story called A Mother's Love. Some people actively go out looking for ghost encounters, and every once in a while, they find one. When Kevin was a teenager, he and his friends had heard about a dangerous turn at the nearby highway that caused many accidents over the years. It was, uh, it was, where was I? Okay, when, okay, I kind of messed up here, okay. Okay, it's called A Mother's Love. I missed a, a line. Some people actively go out looking for ghost encounters, and every once in a while, they find one. When Kevin was a teenager, he and his friends had heard about a dangerous turn on the nearby highway that caused many accidents over the years. It was known to be haunted. The most well-known story was a mother who, who, who took her own life after her son had crashed his car and died there. It was sad around it was said around town that her ghost remains at the deadly turn to protect people from ending up like her deceased child. Kevin and his buddies decided to put on the theory and go test it out to see if it was real. Kevin drove his friends out to the highway. When the group of the boys arrived at the turn, they pulled over. They brought a bag of flour with, the, with them and proceeded to sprinkle white powder on the road. The grass in the car. The idea was to get footprints to prove that the ghost was intended to was indeed real. The boys hopped back in the uh the boys hopped back in the car and began to take the car around the around the turn. Kevin accelerated faster and faster and thump the car came to an abrupt halt as if someone had slammed down on it with their own two hands. They immediately got out of the car and saw two women seized him him with ugh. okay, they got out of the car and saw two women sized handprints on the flower and on the hood of the car. Hmm. There's another place like that in San Antonio. Right outside, if you put some baby powder on your bumper, you see these little hands that push you over the uh, train roll so you won't get hit. And sorry if I'm kind of screwing this up. Like I said, I've been really dosing myself up with medicine. So, All right, this next one's called The Ghost in the Hall. 
for young women moving into an old New England apartment together a month after they moved in, one of the roommates realized that her favorite stuffed teddy bear was missing. The others all said that they had not touched it or seen it. Weeks went by and she almost forgot about the teddy, the teddy bear when something strange happened. She opened the door. She opened the door to one of the closets they hardly ever used. And there at the top of the shelf sat her furry friend. All her roommates swears that they had no idea who did it or how or how how it happened or how the uh, teddy bear got there. Whenever the teddy bear goes missing for a few days, she knows exactly where to find it. And their apartment probably uh, hadn't all those other signs of being haunted, too. So, basically, uh, I think that this place was just a little bit haunted and they like to move this girl's teddy bear around all the time. <coughs> <coughs> All right. A voice in the desert. Two young women in their 20s are in their 20s. Or I'm sorry. Two young men in their 20s, Josh and Dan, went on a campaign trip together in a de in a desert in New Mexico. They did not take much take much with them besides sleeping bags food and materials for a fire. After they cooked their dinner, they fell asleep as if they gazed up into the as they gazed up into the starry night. The beauty and peace of the trip were short lived. However, in the early hours of the morning, Josh was startled awake by what sounded like Dan's voice, but frantic. The voice said, Come here, quick, look. Sleepy and confused, Josh got up to see what his friend was talking about. He heard again, Come out here, quick, look. It sounded urgent. A perfect repers a perfect uh repu in per oh a perfect reputation. Josh took a few steps forward, and then someone grabbed him from behind. He turned around to see Dan with his uh, finger in front of his uh, mouth, warning Josh to keep quiet. They rolled up their sleeping bags and left. They still do not know who or what was trying to lure Josh away into the desert. So this guy got up from sleeping, and he heard his uh, friend going, Hey, come here, look at this, look at this. And then when the guy goes to check out, his friend's voice, his friend grabs him and is like, shh, be quiet. They wrote up their stuff and left. See, that's another, that's a story of a, um, shapeshifter. Yeah, of a shapeshifter. So, yeah, it's pretty creepy. If you're out in the woods and you and your friend are right by each other and you hear a voice saying, come here, don't do it. Then we got Echo. This one's called Echoes of the Past. Excuse me. 
a young bachelor at the beginning of his career became very successful very quick. So he thought he bought himself a house. One morning he awoke to the sound of running water. He rushed to the bathroom and saw the bathtub faucet was running on full blast. He was flabbergasted by this. As he lived alone, no one lived with him. A week later it happened again. Only this time it wasn't just one faucet. It was all the faucets in the entire house. The young man called a repairman to fix the pipes and the in the water damage. But as it turned out, the pipes weren't broke. The repairman, a local a local seemed visible visibly shaken. What's wrong? The bachelor asked, the woman who lived here before you said the, said the repairman, she drowned in the bathroom. So this guy, you know, uh, bought him a house that uh, had a ghost living in it. A lady that drowned in the bathroom. So be careful when you buy a fancy house. This one's called No One Steals Twice. Gene went to the same con uh Gene went to this same corner store every day after school for a snack. Over time she became great friends with the cashier, Lucy. Out of curiosity one day Jen asked Lucy how she would stop someone if they tried to steal from the store. Lucy replied, Oh no. No one ever steals anything from here twice. The store would not let them. Jane did not know what that meant, but dropped the subject pretty quick. <coughs> when she went back to the store at or she, blah, 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 blah. when she went back to the store at the start of the next school week, Jane walked and Jane walked. Uh, walked in to find Lucy talking to some cops. Apparently, a man stole from the store and drove off. But his brakes mysteriously failed and his car went scorching off a cliff. The cops, got, cops asked Lucy if she knew what happened. No, she said. I was stuck in the back room and I didn't even know he'd came in. No one ever steals twice here. So that just goes to show you. Karma will get you. Don't steal. This one's called When the Candle Burns. Three little, uh, three little girls were having a sleepover one night when they decided to try and hold a seance. One of the girls, Carla, recently lost her grandpa and wanted to see if she could come in this come in commence with the spirits. The three girls uh the three girls gathered some candles and a few items that Belonged to the late grandfather. His on a uh, 
belonged to his late grandfather, his watch, his cigar case, and a photo of him. The girls held the girls held hands and started the seance. Suddenly, the candles began to flicker and the hands of the watch began to spin. Carla was sure it was her grandpa alighting them. She began to talk to him and ask him questions. When all of a sudden, one of the candles flew as if some invisible force and almost hit her in the head. Grandpa would never do that, she, she said, shaking. She was right. It wasn't her grandpa. And whomever it was clearly did not like being disturbed. That's why you should always be careful when you're summoning spirits. Yeah, man, don't play with that shit. I like to talk about this ghost stuff and all that, and I love to go investigate it someday. But I, one thing I'd never do is mess the Ouija boards and do them seances. It's stupid. All right, then we got the uh, uninvited party guest. One night, a group of adults were having a dinner party. There were six of them. And they all had just taken their seats when they heard. Oh, I didn't say the name of the story. I skipped. Yeah, I skipped a short one, too. All right. We got to go to this one first. The Curse of the Eldest Son. Enya's parents came to the United States from Pakistan. Before they were married, Enya's father was engaged to someone else. It was an arranged marriage in the what, what do they mean by arranged marriage? Back in the old then they didn't do it too much in the in America, but like in other countries, the parents would pick the kids' partners and stuff. So that's what he means by arranged. Uh, where the hell was I at? It was engaged to someone else. Okay, it was an arranged marriage. And the prospect made him unhappy, so she broke it off. The woman went off the deep end. There were rumors in the town that she had started using black magic. She even ran it. She ran right up to him in the street one day, screaming that she had put a curse on the eldest son so that he would die before he reached manhood. In fact, Enya's oldest brother, the eldest son, died in a car crash on his 18th birthday. Aiza. All right, this one's called The Uninvited Party Guest. We all have had one of these. One night, a group of adults were having a dinner party. There were six of them, and they had all just taken their seats when they heard an unexpected knock on the door. The woman hosting the dinner party got up, or hosting the dinner party, opened the door to see who could be, you know, possibly there. But no one was there. Somebody must have realized that they had the wrong address and walked away, she explained to her guest. 
All right, where was I? Unexplained. Okay, okay, but when they turned their attention back to the table, there were seven plates set. Was that was that there before? One of the men asked. I must have set an extra placed by mistake, said the hostess. She took it back to the kitchen, but when she returned, another plate was there. This time with a glass next to it. The other guests had been taking talking amongst themselves and hadn't seen anything strange. But when they realized what happened, they were shocked and they did not know what to do. At this point, they figured the the best strategy was to play along. As they filled the empty glass and plate, so as not to upset their mysterious and uninvited guest. So instead of throwing a fit about it and quit with their dinner party, they just added stuff to the plate and put some uh, little wine in there for whoever it was. All right. Oh, gosh. This one's called After Hours. It was 9 o'clock. Time for the store to close. Valerie... Valerie and Guinea and Kelly were the only ones working. As they were cleaning up the store, a pile of shirts fell to the floor. None of the girls had touched them. It's probably the ghost, Jenny said. Very funny, said Kelly. No, really, Valerie replied. He's a little boy. He likes to play. Kelly still did not take them seriously though she thought they were, you know, just teasing her because she was younger. But when she went to the uh, back room to get her keys to go home, she saw a flash of a young boy in the uh, mirror next to her. When she looked back, her keys had been placed on the floor. Ooh. All right, I got to blow my snot real quick or blow my nose real quick. All right, I'm back. Well, I thought if I muted it, y'all wouldn't hear it, but yeah, you could still hear it. I can breathe. All right, this one's called The Lonely Ferris Wheel. The carnival came to town every summer, and this year was no different. But Charlie had just started working there, so he did not know what the rest of the workers knew about the Ferris Wheel that he was in charge of operating. The first night of the uh, carnival was bustling with people. But as it came time to close, it was practically a ghost town. However, there was one boy who showed up at the last minute. One for the Ferris wheel, please. The, l the little boy said, giving Charlie a ticket. Charlie looked around. Where are your parents, he asked the little boy. The little boy just took his seat and did not answer. Unsure of what to do, he let the boy go on the ride. But when the ride was over, the boy was no longer on the or was no longer in the seat. Charlie ran to his boss to tell him the story. The boss casually said, Oh, that's Thomas. He uh he handled Charlie's clippings 
from a he he handed Charlie an old newspaper clipping, and uh, it had the boy's picture and the headline: "Boy falls from Ferris wheel, eight years old." Ah, that was a pretty cool little short story. Now this one's called "The Laundry Thief." A woman and her daughter moved into a new house. The mother worked a lot, so it was up to the girl to do the household chores, including the laundry. One day, the girl went down to the laundry room and put a load of clothes in the uh, washer. When she came back, when she came back, the door to the washing machine had already been lifted open. That's weird. She said to herself, I thought I closed it. She shrugged it off, but she, but the next time she did laundry, it happened again. And that's not all. Each time, each time it happened, one piece of her clothing would go missing. One time it was a, stock, was a sock. The next time a pair of shorts. And so on. After a few weeks, she went down to the laundry room again to find a complete outfit set out for her with all the clothes that had been missing. Now, see, that's kind of a nice ghost. That ain't a mean ghost. It's just getting your clothes ready for you for the day. <coughs> all right, this one's called The Child in the Room. Child in the Room, 213. An ex... An executive went on a... Oh, an executive... Excuse me, went on a business trip for her company. When she arrived to at the hotel, she got the key card for her room, 213, and went straight up. She was exhausted and could not wait to sit down, but her keyboard did not work, or her key card did not work. She went down to complain to the front desk and properly got a new card. That one didn't work either. Just as she was storming off to go back to the lobby, the door of the room cracked open. A little boy had opened the door and was standing in the, in the dark. She went to the front desk again. There's another family in my room, she said to the man. Uh, that's impossible, he said. No one has checked into that room at all. That would be some creepy stuff. I'd say, can you just give me another room? I don't want that one. It seems to be haunted with a ghost family. Then we have the traveling photograph. After Anna's dog, Bo, passed away, she started carrying his photo with her everywhere. She loved Bo more than anything, which was why she was so heartbroken when she lost the uh, picture. Anna lived in a big city and was sure she'd never find it, find it. But when Bo's birthday came around the next year, she found the photo in the closet next to his old leash. Good dog, Bo, she whispers. 
The next one's called Shattered Glass. Shattered Glass. Sam, Peter, and John met up every day after work for a drink. This time they decided to try uh, some place they had never been before. They say this place is haunted. Peter told his friends of the bar they'd chosen that night. The other two instead the other two instead was the, the other two guys thought it was nonsense and that they uh, sat down in a booth. When their drinks arrived, they were about to make their usual toast when both Sam and John's glasses completely shattered. What gives? They yelled. Apologies, said the waiter. That happens uh, sometimes. So, it shatters glasses. So don't go to that bar. This one's called A Daughter's Scarf. On a free, one freezing January night, a man was driving down a desert road. The snow was packing up quickly, turning into a blizzard. But this man was not the only one in the, on the road. There was another man driving behind him. The other man flickered his car lights to, the, to signal him to stop. And both men got out of their cars. The second man stretched out his hand and gave the first man a pink scarf. It was soft and looked just like his daughter's. The man who gave him the scarf had a terrible look in his eyes and had a terrible smile to match. Frantic, the father jumped back into his car and spent home, where he found the police already waiting for him. Man, that's fucked up. That was that's crazy. That's crazy. Our next story is called Wedding in the Dark. An engaged couple planned to have their wedding reception at their obsolete favorite restaurant. But on the day of the wedding, the bride tragically fell down the stairs and died. Now it is said that every night after the restaurant closes, the ghost of the bride walks down the very stairs she fell and sets up all the tables and chairs for the wedding guest she never got to have. <coughs> the next one called There's a Crowd. Two sisters were at home while their parents were out were out on an evening event. They stayed up late talking and telling stories in the uh, old sister's room the older sister's room. Suddenly their conversation was interrupted by the sound of loud music. They looked at each other confused and unsure of where the music could be coming from. The older sister got out of bed and began to walking down the hallway. It sounded it sounded like the music was coming from the parents' room. She peered into the dark room 
saw her father's laptop open. Screen on. The music bear, bear, barely, or the music being loud. And right then, the music stopped. Scared, the girl ran back to her room where her younger sister was, waiting in, waiting on the bed. Frightened, she shut the bedroom door behind her and got back under the covers. Holding her little sister tight, they heard slow, heavy footsteps, and after another, heading towards their end of the hall, when the footsteps stopped, Boom, boom, boom. Three hard knocks on the bathroom door. No one came in, but they certainly did not try to leave the room for the rest of the night. I would not have left it either, girls. Our next story is called A Psycho Warning. Not all spooky stories are scary. Sometimes they're just otherworldly. Frank was at the mall one day by himself, when in the middle of walking from one store to the next, the older woman, an older woman ran up to him, gasping for breath. I ran all the way from the other end of the mall to find you because I sensed you were here, she said. Frank had no idea who this woman was and was understandably frightened. He tried to push her away. Then she said, I have to tell you, your brother's death was not your fault. Frank was stunned. He had never met her before in his life, but she knows something of him and his brother that had died. And he did feel guilty. Frank's brother had been a drug addict. He called Frank the day he died, but Frank didn't pick up the phone. Your brother does not blame you, she said the uh, composition satisfied that she had fulfilled her duty. She walked away and disappeared back into the crowd of shoppers. Frank broke down in tears. That would be some crazy shit. You're out shopping and someone comes up all, Hey, your brother does not blame you for his death. Yeah, that'd creep me out too. Creepy, creepy crillers. Well, Alright guys, I just want to say thank you for sticking with me tonight. For doing this. I didn't want to. I was going to try to do it Saturday morning, but you guys expect the show at 3 a.m. on Saturdays, and I'm going to deliver. So I hope you enjoyed it. I want to do something special. Them are like some Halloween legends or urban legends, however you want to put it, I guess. But tell them you're on the old campfire. But thank you guys for uh, listening. Thank you guys for being loyal fans and loyal listeners. And, man, please keep telling your friends about my podcast, man. Tell everybody about it. Hope you have fun. Hope you enjoy it. But I'm out of here. I'm going to take some more medicine. I'm probably going to go to bed and sleep for a long time. No, I don't mean I'm going to die or nothing. I didn't mean it that way. I'm just, man, I'm going to sleep for a good 8, 10 hours. I need to. Man, it was just 
work kick my butt and it's sickness is just I don't feel all gooly gooly hauntish when I'm like this but thank you guys for listening be good go check out the uh, Facebook page and just keep uh, growing the show with me guys and thank you from around the world wherever you're listening thank you guys thank you so much but well, until next time, this is Ghost Stories Told from the South, and I am your, whole, your host, Stephen LeBooth. And I have some more skilly, skilly stories for you. Ha <laughs> ha. Bye, guys. See you later.